Welcome to Life in Context, a conversational podcast where we explore life and relationships in the context of Christian faith, relationship with Jesus, biblical truth, and emotionally healthy practices. I'm your host, Esther. And I'm your host, Jill. We come from different backgrounds and life experiences and bring our different professional and personal skills and training to our conversations. We agree on many things. And we differ on other things. That's part of what we enjoy about our conversations. We love to encourage and challenge each other and our listeners to consider new approaches, new ideas, and ways to think about life within the context of our faith. It's always our hope in these podcasts to bring real life strategies, positive ideas, and faith-building practices that can be applied to these sometimes challenging topics that we all face in life. So let's get into today's topic. Jill, it's my favorite time of week again. <laughs> Yay! I love it when the two of us get together and we have the opportunity to share and talk about things of faith and things that we see are so valuable and so important as we walk out our faith, as we work out our faith. Yeah. So I'm really excited today because we have a topic that I think for both you and I, we consider to be one of the most yes. important. We're going to discuss forgiveness. Yes. So Jill, to start with, a lot of people hear the term forgiveness. What, what does it mean? What doesn't it mean? What is forgiveness? Does it always go with forgive and forget? Mm, great question. I always ask this question in my groups, um, and we make a list of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. And it's always really interesting to watch as a group of people come up with the list of what it is and what it is not. And I think some of the really important forgivenesses on the is side <laughs> are forgiveness is boundaries, forgiveness is letting go, forgiveness is release, forgiveness is divine. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness is, with some of the diabolical things that you and I know happen to people, it takes a supernatural God to assist letting go of some of the abominable things that happen to us. So I want to include that forgiveness is divine. We need Jesus. I think that is so important. So many people come in and they say, you know, I, I've heard I need to forgive. Maybe even I know I need to forgive. But if I look in my emotional purse, <laughs> in the bag of yeah. things that I have that I'm carrying with me, I don't have any forgiveness. No. I, I don't know where to access it. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how to manufacture it. I don't even know how to cobble it together. And it's not the sort of thing that in our human nature, yes, exactly. we can manufacture. It is divine. And we have to not only uh, desire to forgive, but we have to ask for yes. the strength and the power for the forgiveness yes. to come. I love that you said power because it is uh, that old saying, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And when uh, Jesus was talking in um, the Gospel of Matthew, I almost said Matt. <laughs> in the Gospel of Matt, in the Gospel of Matthew, he was saying um, about the unforgiving servant, uh, the parable of the unforgiving servant. It says at the end of that parable, and so must all of you forgive, just as your heavenly Father has forgiven you, and that you must forgive from your heart. So forgiveness is not mental, just mental assent. If it were just mental assent, we could just give it lip service and be done with it. But he's asking for a forgiving from the heart, which is what I think 
is the empowered place of a divine forgiveness. So I, I had a season um, with somebody I was really close to, and um, we had a big um, stop. We stopped speaking, and I was very, very, very hurt and very angry. And um, I, I prayed for a year. I prayed. I, I, I blessed. He says, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. And I prayed and contended for him to give me his heart of forgiveness towards this person. I had to, I had to really ask for it and ask for it because I didn't have it. I, I just, it was obvious I didn't have it. And I, 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 I just would pray, Jesus, you say that we must forgive from our heart. So I'm asking you for your heart for this situation so that I can release this. And it took a year. I really appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that story because I think a lot of people, Jill, feel very guilty and a lot of shame if forgiveness just doesn't flood them all at once for everything in every situation. And sometimes we do have those experiences. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will just flood us, infill us with that forgiveness. And that's and so great. We experience it, but often we have to work it out and walk it out. Thank you. And on the, on the is side of forgiveness is, forgiveness is a process. Mm -hmm. It's a process. I, I find in my work with people, they'll think they already let that, they already forgave that particular person. And it's like, well, you know, here it is again. So let's just do another round about whatever that situation was. When I'm working with people, I'll talk about it's a choice as well. Mm -hmm. It's a decision to stay in the process, mm -hmm. not to just kind of one and done, in and out, moving on, uh, because sometimes the unforgiveness, the hurt and the pain, it has tentacles and it goes into all different deep areas. Oh, yes. And so we have had legitimate and real forgiveness for one area. And then there's another area that we don't even notice or see for a while. And when that comes up, we need to be honest about that as well. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I find that when I'm having a hard time, and I'm just going to confess, like, I, I love when I just get the download or the downpour and I can, I, and the forgiveness is easy, but you know, I mean, life is, uh, messy. It is. <laughs> um, and, and, and the emotions with it are, are complex and, um, and also amazing. And I, I want to say that, you know, in that year that I really was like, Jesus, give me your heart for this situation. Give me a heart of forgiveness. He was with me. It was a mm -hmm. very refining, like, I can't pretend that I have a heart of forgiveness when I don't, but I know you're with me in it. And in the process, I'm going to bless and bless that person. And I would ask him to show me how he's loving her and how he sees her. Show me her. Show me her so I can see what you see and agree with you or that I can see what's going on and pray for her in a way that I'm, I'm really praying for her. And uh, it actually ended up being really beautiful, like a really beautiful time of having to go, getting to go to Jesus multiple times a day. In my own experience, I think sometimes for speakers and leaders, it's more uh, dynamic to tell the stories from stage, from the podium about those downloads, about those um, just <laughs> amazing, miraculous opportunities. But it's harder to be honest about the times that it took hard, uh, a lot more work and a lot more effort and that <laughs> we have to be refined. And yet I find that those are the times when I build the most empathy, yeah. when I feel like I'm drawn closer to the Lord and where often the forgiveness is deeper, it seeps 
yes. into areas that um, it just it really becomes uh, a fragrance for me that's that's really important. And so, although sometimes it's not as dynamic to talk about, I think it's important to share. You mentioned before the word release, and when I'm sharing with people I work with, I talk about forgiveness as being. Um, something we release our rights to retribution. We release our rights to revenge. We release our rights to restitution. And I think a lot of people have a hard time releasing those rights. Yes. It doesn't feel fair, does it? No, but I'm going to use this, this example that I just had the other day where, um, someone, (laughs) someone that I was praying with, um, had her, her husband on the cross. And so she was really mad. And so we were just praying and I just said, well, what does that cross look like with your husband on it? And she said, it's really bad. And I said, well, what would it look like? Can, can, can you let Jesus take his place in that place? And I asked her, what is it costing you to have your husband in the place where Jesus belongs? And she said, it's costing my joy, it's costing my peace, and it's costing my relationship. And in that moment, she allowed Jesus to take his place on the cross. Her husband came down, and then the cross was empty. And that gave her the release. Because it's not, it's not a release into nothing. It's a release onto his capable back. Mm-hmm. It's a release into the capable hands of the one who says, I died for that. I died for that. I died for that. And yes, that too. Mm-hmm. All of it. So the unfairness, yes, it's not fair, but it wasn't fair that he died in the first place for everything. And I think one of the things that's important to keep in mind in life is that Really, life isn't about fairness and right. our Mercy. walk and our <laughs> Mercy, faith. please. Yeah, we, we can get stuck in this idea. It's not fair. They hurt me and now I have to do the work of forgiveness. It's not fair that I'm here, but it's not fairness we're after. It is joy and healing mm-hmm. and hope and peace. And so if we're after those things, then we do the work. Yes. If we're after fair, we get stuck. Well, I always see... Like I, I see it with a lot of people where I'll go, okay, so your unforgiveness is tying you to the person you're angry at or who did whatever they did. You're now tied to that person negatively in perpetuity. So now whatever the, whatever the offender has done, your hate towards that person rightfully or whatever is now tying to you in like this um, unforgiveness loop. Mm-hmm. And if you want to be off that um, evil uh, pull with that person, the release is we're just going to let Jesus take it and handle it because he died for it. And you're not releasing into nothing. Like, mm-hmm. That's always important. It's like you're not releasing something into an abyss. And you're actually, something's coming off you that's holding you back and stealing your joy and stealing your peace. Mm-hmm. I think when you say that, it really 
emphasizes that there is a cost yeah. to unforgiveness. It is expensive mm-hmm. to us. Thank you. It's damaging to us. There's consequences to unforgiveness that we um, have to be really careful about and should be aware of. We are keeping ourselves in that place as the victim. Mm-hmm. We are keeping ourselves attached mm-hmm. to what happened to us, to the person who did us wrong. And frequently, we're now the ones that have trapped ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whatever has happened has already happened. That's mm-hmm. already occurred, but we're staying in that space. And so, Jill, one of the things that people really wrestle with when they begin to approach the topic of forgiveness is the idea, well, forgive and forget. And I know you and I have had a lot of conversations mm-hmm. that this is not about suppressing memories, right? Right. <laughs> that this is not, the concept is not about the fact that your mental mind will never remember mm-hmm. such a thing happened. That Talk a little bit about what it is to... Um, be aware that yes, the memory may still be there in your mind, but you're not dwelling on it. You're not settling into it and marinating in it. Yeah. And you find that the power's out of it. Yeah. So I pray with people, um, with a, a relationship prayer the call that was developed by Lisa Neumeyer. And I pray with people and actually can ask, okay, so Jesus is the God who was and who is and who is to come. And there's nowhere that he's not. And I always ask Jesus, so where were you at that time? And how are you loving that person in that moment? And Jesus coming into that place to love a person there, actually, it's an interesting, (laughs) mind-blowing thing. But when you see Jesus in the place of offense where he is loving you, like I could give a a contextual example, but um, he'll actually change how you think of it. Mm-hmm. So I have a particular memory memory where I just had so much pain. I was really, really young. I was suicidal. I was nine years old. And I remember sitting on my lawn. I wished I, I was I was talking to the God of my understanding at that time and saying, I wish I was dead. I know I can't kill myself, but could I just never have been born? And that stuck with me. I call it the, an inner driver. That stuck with me for, gosh, maybe 30, 35 years until I prayed with my friend. And we asked Jesus, where were you? There's nowhere that you're not. Where were you? And then I I saw Jesus standing over me and he was weeping and saying to me, I wanted you to be born. You're my daughter. And seeing him there changed the memory. Mm -hmm. It no longer had that. um, So my my self-hatred was my unforgiveness of myself. It no longer had the power because right now I'm remembering myself on the lawn and right now I see Jesus standing over me. I don't see myself suicidal alone on the lawn. I see my Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it actually, it's not a forgetting and it I, I couldn't forget. I don't know how anybody can forget. You're not going to like have your mind wiped. Yeah, we're not advocating this sort of a suppression of <laughs> no. your memories, and uh, which can create all kinds of other trauma and drama if you do that. Right. <laughs> Thank you. It's weird, right? it's weird, right? It's weird. Don't be weird. Don't You're be weird. not going to forget. So we've been talking about what it benefits mm-hmm. us to forgive and the freedom and being able to see and experience the Lord in the midst of those situations. Yes, in the midst. So good. Um, and, and the things that we gain by not being tied to those hurts and not being tied to that abuse. 
But for a lot of people, where they really get hung up is, does that mean I have to trust somebody? I love that one. I, whenever I do, forgiveness is and forgiveness is not. I'm always looking for someone to say forgiveness is not trust. Mm-hmm. If, if trust has been breached, if trust has been damaged, if trust has been like you're not a safe person, that forgiveness doesn't mean trust. Like, and, and I want to say to empower people, like you get to decide who's in your circle, who's in your life. You get to decide. And it's, it's an interesting thing with uh, Christian people because somehow forgiveness means I have to let anyone in my walls that wants to be there because they're a Christian and I'm a Christian. Like I love people. I love the people of God. And I, I, but I, I encourage anyone, if someone doesn't feel safe for you, mm-hmm. forgiveness isn't trust. Trust has to be earned and established. And some people that, you know, if someone's been a perpetrator in your life, um, they might never be a safe person again. Right. And forgiveness, because it's not trust, it's not respect, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a different thing. And I think when we begin to process it that way... Mm-hmm. It allows us the freedom to enter into forgiveness. If if we are thinking in our heads, if I forgive this person, then I'm going to have to trust them, treat Give them, them the keys to the yeah, castle, treat them as if I, I respect them, and and I'm gonna act allow like nothing them, happened. Yeah, all of those that's things. That's weird. That's, that's weird. just weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now we're going to talk about one of the other really hard things to do. What does it look like to forgive somebody who is actively still doing the things that hurt us? They're still engaging in those behaviors, whether against us or against other people. Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, sometimes with my in my work with people, and I'm sure in yours, it's like, okay, what if somebody uh, has a child who is actively being very... Um, abusive or difficult or you're in a marriage and you don't want to leave the marriage but it's just gotten very difficult how do I stay I call it active forgiveness how do I stay in a place of active forgiveness that as uh, offenses come I can release them and also I can be in a place of I like to say Jesus what happens when you stand in between me and that person your word says that you're a shield and the shield is actually offensive so Jesus what happens when you stand in between me and that person and whatever's coming out of them hits you and not me. Mm-hmm. And there's another part about, well, okay, I'm not in that person's life anymore and I forgive them, but they're actually still doing to other people what they did to me. And it can make people feel like it's not safe for me to forgive them because somehow forgiving them is condoning their behavior. Exactly. And sometimes people feel like if I forgive, then I'm letting them go from any natural consequences of their behavior. And I think it's really important for people to recognize that forgiveness does not mean that there will not be natural consequences for their behavior. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that was okay. Right. So they may still have to face legal consequences. They may have to face broken relationships. Mm -hmm. They may have to face boundaries and distance. Uh, there's a lot of things that people are going to experience when they cause harm to others. Mm -hmm. And we don't have to attach our lack of forgiveness or our willingness to forgive towards whether they're going to receive consequences or not. Right. And so we can be honest. If somebody has abused 
us and we see them abusing somebody else, it doesn't mean that we haven't forgiven them if we stand up for other victims, mm-hmm. if we that's speak awesome. the truth. Yeah. And I think uh, that's a really key element for people. Can I still speak the truth in love and be forgiving and be honest and acknowledge and admit when there's wrong? Yes, I think it's really important. I think it's really important to be boundaried, to be mm-hmm. strong. To have a, an empowered voice, I think that's a really, really amazing thing to see when people come out of abusive situations. A lot of people that I see and I work with will struggle to with forgiving people who are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I know, Jill, you and I have both worked with people who have a lot of hurt around people who've already passed away. They're, they've already died, or sometimes they're just no longer capable of in, entering into a relationship. Maybe a parent has had a stroke, or they don't know where the parent is mm-hmm. or the person is, and they need to to somehow figure out a way to forgive them in absentia. Yes, <laughs> absentia, <laughs> you're so good. Um, it's a really interesting question because it's still we're still going to say that su- forgiveness is is something supernatural. Francis Frangipane said um, that when we go to the cross, the cross is the place of immunity. So we're partnered with Jesus at the cross, or we're partnered with the crowd in the place of accusation. So even if a person is is dead. If I am still partnered in the place of accusation for what they did to me, I'm still paying. I'm still tied to my perpetrator or to my abuser. And again, like I like to say, you know, your, your abuse is real or perceived. Like that person might not even think they're abusive to you, but if you perceived it as abusive and you're still holding it and now they've passed on, it still has the energy Mm -hmm. that it had when they were alive. Now they're just not here. So I had a really great, um, time of prayer with a a brother probably nine years ago or so, but um, I knew him really well. And and his dad had been dead for a long time and he had so much torment in his body. Like he had just back, backs, back pains and um, both knee problems and debilitating migraines and cancerous stuff and all this stuff. And he would talk to me about how, how angry he still was with his dad while he'd be asking for a healing prayer, et cetera. And, I, and I, he's also was, was uh, angry at somebody else. So I said, well, why don't you just come over and uh, let Ryan and I pray for you. Ryan's my husband. So Ryan and I started to pray with him around repenting and forgiving his father. So as he began to really go through all the wounds of his father and just name them, confess them, repent, for um, how he had blamed his father and released him in forgiveness. This was really amazing. He's told us to stop. And he said, hold on, you guys, check this out. And he stood up and put full weight on his knee. And he's a big guy. And he said, I have not put my full body weight on my knee in years. It is really important to note, we didn't pray for healing. Mm -hmm. We didn't pray for his body to be healed. It was the releasing his father in this place of repentance that freed his body. And as we continued, he said, stop again. And he lifted up his glasses. He, and he was taking his glasses up and down, up and down. And he said his vision cleared. We're not praying for his, his vision to heal either. 
I think it is really important to recognize how toxic unforgiveness yes. can be in our body, in our physical mm-hmm. body. And so many people are carrying around a toxicity mm-hmm. from that. And so releasing it can make a huge difference. I've also experienced that when people are able to forgive people who have passed, that aren't there present, it's kind of a weird dynamic because they're letting go of the potential that that person will ever come to them and say they're sorry, mm-hmm. right? That's done, that's gone. They're letting the Lord take that place. They're letting the Lord comfort them in that. And sometimes they find that they've held on to other areas of unforgiveness, Um, and other people that they have held Mm -hmm. attached to the same Mm -hmm. hurt. And so that's really powerful. One of the things, Jill, before we wrap up, I want to bring up, you've mentioned a couple of times, you were praying with your friends, and then when you needed to repent, when you needed to forgive, you asked a friend to help you. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, as believers, we feel like we got to do this on our own. <laughs> like somehow we should know how to do it. No. We should be ready to do it. And that's, I think, why you and I have these conversations yeah. and why we love to record them. Yeah. Because we're both very passionate about the value of having people who can walk through this with us. Yes, that's the body at work. It's the both ends. Sometimes you can and sometimes you just need need a little help. And uh, all of my friends are therapists and cl- clinicians and uh, counselors, uh, like just about all of them. And I'll tell you, the best ones are the ones who have <laughs> therapists, clinicians, and, and counselors. <laughs> so I'll say to anybody, you know, I've been doing, I still, I still do my own work. I've been sober for 18 years. I've been saved for 17. I've been a counselor for 15. And I, I've worked with my person for 13 years, and I still do. And I, it, I'm still going to, because sometimes you just need need a leg up. This is really what fellowship is about. Yes. This is what community is about. This is the benefit of being in the body of Christ, is that we can find help and support, and we don't have to do this on our own. We have to figure it all out on our own. But we can really have people in our lives who help us uh, through this and, and in this process. And I really want to encourage anybody who's listening who feels like they're at that precipice and they want to enter into forgiveness. They want to go through the process of forgiving, but they need some help, mm-hmm. that there is help out there. Yeah. Call us. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, it's that, that beauty that, that in the faith, mm-hmm. we don't have to walk it alone. No, that's the beauty of a body at work is we're not one man armies. We're we're a body and um, sometimes you're the one that's helping and sometimes you're the one that needs help. And it's beautiful. Like there's let no the body shame in either role, right? Amen. The no Thank shame you. in either role. So good. Jill, I love these conversations. And of course this is one of my favorite topics because I think it's so powerful and pit- and pivotal in our relationship with the Lord. So yes. thanks for spending this time together. Yay, see you next week. Okay. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Life in Context, hosted by Jill Shankles and Esther DeWitt, edited and produced by BizVid Communications. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review and follow us and like us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help. For more information on who we are and what we do, you can follow Jill at jillshankles.com. That's Jill, S-H-A-N-K-L-E-S.com and on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow Esther at peaceprof.com. That's peace, P-R-O-F.com and at peaceprof 
on Twitter and Facebook. 